more. This is one more. Hello and welcome to Otra Por Favor. Otra Por Favor. Episode number 45. 45. How are you today, Coque? I'm amazing, man. I, I feel great. I'm happy to be back behind the mic with you in this very, very intimate setting. As you can see, we don't we, we don't have a special guest, but we have two very special people in front of y'all. Sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, in this podcast, we like to discuss, well, our, our goal is to discuss topics about soccer life and culture and with everything that's going on i feel like there's a lot that has to do with all three of those subjects yeah richie and i are, are happy to join y'all and as we know mother's day is right around the corner so we'd like to take a moment to shout out to all the mothers out there this, this is a special episode and we uh, dedicate it to y'all um we're going to get into some stories about our moms and our lives and different mothers uh, in, in, uh, in different facets of life. But also, we're going to jump into Austin FC, their great form, some controversies they're dealing with right now, Champions League football, and it being Mental Health Awareness Month. We wanted to touch on that uh, as well. So, what is it's it's so inter it's interesting how mental health ended up coming around the time that Austin FC environment is dealing with that aspect in general and we're going to touch about that later on but it's, it's just uh i don't know if it's uh, uh a timing coincidence you know a destiny that was making it for a purpose to happen around this this like this time what do you think what do i think about mental health being and like in this like right now what everything's going on um like with cecilia dominguez and and the allegations of, of uh domestic abuse ah oh, man i think it could be a tough topic especially with anyone that has dealt with any type of abuse um particularly all of our all of our uh, fellow women out there that have dealt with that type of stuff so we know austin fc and our and our supporter culture is uh, inclusive and wants to be caring and loving towards all so when you get this type of news that kind of divides the supporters um hits us hits hits us in the heart um but apart from that I mean, just living in the state of Texas makes your mental health sometimes go astray with with some of the things uh, Governor Abbott does. And, and even now at the Supreme Court level, uh, there being some rumblings out there. Yeah, man, we're going to touch <laughs> on some of those subjects later on. Uh, but let's let's talk about the most important subject of today, which is like stories about our mothers. Hey, mama. Um, I think we all have. A lot of stories to to share. For uh, sure. So, if you want to get started with what's something that you remember from your mom that you know that it is it it's endearing for you. Yeah. So I got a couple stories. One is not my actual mother, but someone that served as a mother figure uh, in my life. Um, I used to play club soccer in Houston in uh, in a club that was uh, predominantly white, and it had some European people in there too. Um, so I felt a little bit out of place especially when we were going towards that phase of our life between high school and pursuing college, those of us who wanted to pursue it. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit lost on the process as I was like the first um, person in my family to go to college. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that, um, that 
I tried to do to stand out was work on my essays. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments where uh, Diane Kendall, that was the name of the, the um, football club um, administrative. Mm-hmm. She, she was the mother of a, of a player that played with me. His name was Link. Uh, real cool guy. But his mom was like a thousand times cooler. And I'll tell you why. She was the sweetest old lady. She was that old lady that would that 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 would have like the oranges cut, all nice and okay. fresh, ready to go. Como very supportive. <laughs> very supportive. She made uh, very very detailed montage videos of every player, mm-hmm. so that they can submit it to their to the colleges that they were wanting to play for. And you can obviously imagine what the montage of of my hi- highlights were. There were a bunch of slide tackles and headers. <laughs> I wasn't a very technical <laughs> player, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> we got we got to work done though, so that's what matters. Yeah, center defender just knew how to head the ball and had a slide tackle. That's about all I could do. But what most importantly impacted me from her is her willingness to sit down with me and go through these essays and college applications. And she was is a writer and mm-hmm. editor in her in her life as a profession. So the fact that she sat down and read my essays and gave me positive feedback uh, was invaluable. Not only that, but she she told me something that I'll never forget. She said, "You're a great writer. You you, you should you should aim to do more with that. Mm-hmm. You should um, you should aim for better schools too." So she gave me a little. She gave me that confidence that uh, I didn't I didn't know that I had in this very weird phase of life. Mm-hmm. That I think after that. I just gained a lot of confidence in my writing and my ability to express myself. So uh, wherever you are, Diane Kendall, happy Mother's Day. Shout out. Appreciate you. Appreciate everything you did. Um, and next, I want to talk about my mom, mom, Reina Iris. Um, anyone who knows my mom knows that she's like a, the sweetest, kindest, most loving person, very giving, um, mm. and has an amazing heart. Um she taught me everything. She she taught me everything when it comes to hard work, uh, dedication, being being humble, and taking care of your loved ones and uh, taking care of others. So she basically sacrificed a lot uh, through starting her own business, um, taking bold leaps into becoming a business owner and running that and starting that with her own savings and pushing that forward little by little. She is a consummate professional, very dedicated and hardworking and a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And I kind of picked up on a little bit of those things as much as I could. But definitely the work ethic. She taught me to have the faith and uh, just that manifesting positive things in your life with the hard work, you're going to get them. So mm-hmm. definitely like an example of that, um, I'll never forget this, man. We were sitting at this at our small kitchen table. Um, I had to build this model for like a book report. Mm-hmm. And it was like this model of like this little wooden stick house. And I was, we were, I was building it. She started helping me. It was like one, 2 AM. I had to go to school the next day at six. And we finished like around three mm-hmm. and the whole thing, like when we finished, it just fell over. Oh, that sucks. So we, we had to start over, man. We yeah. had to start over from zero, but she was like, she stayed up with me and she gave me that support. Even though I was freaking yeah. out, she was like, nah, this is going to be good. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, man, that's one thing I remember from, from my mom that I'll never forget. And she dealt with my, my teenage self. And I was a very, uh, uh, very kind of a angsty, angry teenager. Like, I, I didn't like being late to things. Okay. And she, when she would drive me, this we're talking about the days of MapQuest and uh, having to know the directions before you got when there. you had to print out the directions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
so she had to deal with my uh my um temper and, <laughs> and uh she was always just very supportive with everything i did and uh she allowed me to to live a life where all i had to worry about was my education mm-hmm. and my extracurriculars and um she always let me know that she supported me and everything that i did and if i when i wanted to go to college she would always be there for me as well it wasn't just like okay now get out of my house at 18 it was like all right keep going keep going keep going yeah. so now i try to treat her every chance that i can um and i can't wait to go to houston this weekend and spend some quality time with her and try to give her some rest even though she's not a very restful person she yeah. won't stand still i'm gonna try my best to uh take as many tasks away from her and allow her to relax and and just enjoy uh the company of family how many uh how many days are you going to houston I'll be there for a couple of days. So yeah. I'll be there Saturday, Sunday, and I'll come back Monday. Monday. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's badass, man. That's good, too, you know, to have that where you're going to go and take away some of the tasks that she has. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's going to redo whatever you did. but <laughs> Of course. She's very perfectionist and service-oriented, so yeah. that's her love language for sure, doing things for you. So it's it's kind of hard for her to sit, take, take a seat back. But, man, I love her. Uh, shout out, Mom. Three ladies. I love you. Nineties, that's good, man. Um, what about your wife and her 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 mom? They're coming to town. Or? Yeah, they're coming. They're actually already in town. Uh, so yeah, shout out to my mother in law Tina. She's great. Uh, I love having her around. She's she does very very. Um, she's very. She gives great gifts. And one of like the cool things she gave us is a little patio set that mm-hmm. my wife literally uses every day now. Um, So thank you, Tina, for that patio set. And it's just nice having her around uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of close and spending some quality time with her as well. So I'm going to spend some time with them Friday. That's and, good. Uh, a little That's bit good. of Saturday morning. That's good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, man. One more shout out to mom, yeah. new mom, Chelsea, my sister-in-law. Okay. She just had a baby. So shout out, Chelsea. I couldn't. What, she, beautiful what's, baby, Maya. What's the name of the baby? Maya. Maya. Okay. She's adorable, man. I just, I've gotten to hold her in my arms a few times and I'm like. Damn, look at this, man. A little tiny human being. Every time I look at a baby, I look at a, a lot of responsibilities. <laughs> I got this great picture of you, man, where you're like, oh, shit. And I know what to do. Whose baby was that? Dude, at it was, the Super Bowl party. It was um, one of Lita's friends. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, and I think that that is the one that was like going to, like going to town with us on the keg. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, but yeah, they were all carrying them around. And then... Uh, And I was like, let me see the baby really quick. And it was like five seconds. And I'm like, uh. Hopefully great. someone repays that favor to us one day. Holds our babies while we do keg stands. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, they can they can hold my cat, my chin. <laughs> There you go. But, um, dude, that's, I'm glad that you're going go to go to Houston. Um, and I think valuable time with mothers is priceless. So that's good. That's good. Yeah, man. What about you? What what stories do you have of, uh, of moms, mo- mothers in your life? Dude, so I was thinking of a couple. And one is when we were in Mexico, in the, like 1994, we liked this show called Club de Gavi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to air that one on Televisa on Saturday mornings. But the recordings would be on Friday nights. So um, I don't know. And I, I got this from a mom where you, at, you knock – anywhere you can until you get an answer either yes or no but you're gonna knock so my mom she ended up getting us tickets for a live recording of that show so we ended up going to the san angel which is where televisa was mm-hmm. where it is mm-hmm. 
and go into the recording, fumos al foro, and I, I think that's for the first time I experienced something with cameras, lights, and, and anything has to do with production. Something clicked. And I'm like, and this is badass. Look so, at you now. <laughs> I know, right? And, and then uh, it, it was cool because we didn't know about it until like two days before she was like, hey, uh, we're, we're going to go see Club de Gabi. And I thought she said, we're going to go see Club de Gabi in a, like in a, in a house or something. But that's actually like in, in the studio itself. So that was pretty cool. Uh, that, was, that was the one the one time that I, I remember that that weekend. I also had a game that Saturday morning. So we come back late. And then go play my game. But in be, like that morning, we ended up going to pick up a burger because I used to like burgers. Now uh, you don't like burgers? I love, I still like, you know, in and out <laughs> is the best. For my I love in and out, dude. She, okay, sorry. Don't mean to derail your story, but that's a hot take. It is a hot take. <laughs> and I can fight anybody over it. <laughs> now, nah, preferences people got. I know some people that, you know, that like water burger. It's cool. Um, but, anyways, that was, that was a pretty cool. Pretty cool uh, experience because you've seen like Club de Gabi in the TV, but you're actually there in the recording, and then they show the the air that recording like two weeks later. So there's a couple of times that I was spotted on TV because uh, they pass the camera through the crowd because all the kids are like on the floor, and the moms are kind of like in the back against against the wall, just looking at the kids and enjoying them, you know, in front of Gabi, and Gabi's like. Okay, now we're gonna do this, and Gabby and her little band are gonna come and, and dance. So, so was, this was a variety shows for children, or what yeah, was this? oh, it's for ch- for children, like little skits and stuff. Yeah, there we go. That's little skits. So or, you, you were on TV at some point in your young age for like maybe, maybe two seconds. We need to find that footage and put it in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> so we need to that that be uh you, you can see me with my champignon haircut <laughs> you had that too yeah man holy shit that uh, was like the um the the trademark 1994 uh haircut i had yeah. the the ongo yeah called? oh my gosh dude or the libro um but i try to do the libro but i have a calic here so it will mess up my libro because all my hair will just pop up what made you want to get a libro just because everybody on TV would have it. You know what made me want to get a hair, hair split down the middle? The libro? David Beckham. That? <laughs> and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio on the on the Titanic. Oh, he, shit. He had the libro. So I was like, oh, shit, look at him. How old were you in that time? <laughs> I don't remember, dude. He came out in 96, so I was probably yeah, five. It was 97. Yeah. Five or six. Yeah. I remember that was the first movie I saw uh, in the theater. Well, the first movie where there was like a boob. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom was like, Bacate, no veas eso. And you're like this. And then I just look between the seats. I look between the seats. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You're like, ah. <laughs> and ever since then. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It was like oh, that curiosity. But after that, I mean, that became my sister's favorite movie. Yeah. So, like, we had that VHS set. Yeah. The one and two, and she would always want to watch it. Dude, I went to the movies when they came out, and man, like, Teenage girls will be crying and like, oh my god, he's dead. <laughs> but that movie was like, like that movie in the nineties, like in the, when it came out on TV, on, on the, like in the movie theater, it was like that was a cultural moment. It's a cultural moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that that's one story about Club de Gabi, and then the other one was actually recently. Um, so my my grandma passed away, as we all know. Uh, rest in peace. Shout out where you're at. Hopefully up there. 
and mm. my my mom and my grandma had a rocky relationship for mm. some time. I would say up until we moved to to Texas, and my um, they they would talk, but it would it would be pretty like dry. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when we moved here, my grandma just, like missed the hell out of us. So every time she would come, my mom would always be accommodating to her. And little by little, my grandma started loosening up on, on her. I mean, she was getting older, so she lo- she started to loosen up more on her attitude because she would be, like, pretty strict to er- towards everyone. And my mom would, like, stand up to her. Hmm. Sorry. So um, as, as time went by, and then my mom, she got her green card. She tried to go as much as possible to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Just because for her it's kind of like it's my mother and I gotta go see her and, and spend time with her and take care of her whatever she needs. Right. So that happened in, 19, in 2018. That's when my my mom got her green card and then she started using it like pretty often to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as as um my grandma like she became more ill. My mom started going more often and actually would stay there for a couple of months. So my mom was telling me like an an. Like when my when my grandma's, whenever she, my mom was going to go to another like part of Mexico while she was in Mexico. And my grandma was like, hey, um, just before you go, I just want to tell you something. She's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, uh, be careful and I love you. And my grandma like is the type of person that she would not say I love you to anyone. Tough so, character. Dude, I was yeah. like, I wow. think, yeah, I think my mom like that, that kind of like made her, her, I mean, she had loved her mom, but that like made made her appreciate her more. So uh, one thing that my mom got is, you know, got a, lot, a, lot, a lot of closure with my grandma and a lot of, mm. you know, uh, moments where they had a mother-daughter moment. So it was pretty good. So good because, like, in her mental health, she doesn't have, yeah, she misses them, and that's normal. But she doesn't have the fact that, like, man, I wish I could have had a good relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's good I, I that's something that you know my mom she learned i mean my mom has always been a very lovely living person and she doesn't really hold grudges mm-hmm. um and she's also caring so she was able to actually care for the one person she you know that gave her birth so yeah that's a that's a pretty cool like for me what i take is that like yeah like it's the first mother's day without my grandma but i feel like she's gonna have this sense of you know what I did everything possible, and at the end, it paid off. Well said, Richie, man. I'm glad you're, you're keeping the memory of your grandmother alive by speaking of her. I yeah. think it's important that we remember our loved ones, especially the ones that, that have been lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and and thank you for sharing that story, man. It's, it's beautiful. Um, I hope you have a good time in Houston as well. I know you're going to or Galveston. Yeah, Lamarck. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, we're gonna hopefully get some crawfish. That's hopefully crawfish. I love it. Crawfish boil. I love it, man. All right, y'all. So I think that wraps up the mama segment. Unless you wanted to make a plug for the best tamales in this side of uh, oh yeah, of the Mississippi. So another thing, or the mom, Rio Grande. Uh, <laughs> any any time my mom cooks tamales, I always come back with like dozens. Like I think the last time she sold them, I came back with. 35 dozens it was he was a tamale kingpin dude i i uh two big ass coolers 
And I would just go around town, drive, like delivering them and stuff. And it was like people yeah. that I didn't know. So. Yeah, chill out, bro. Five O's gonna stop you and confiscate those. Mela. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, dude. Uh, I think that's gonna happen uh, next December or when it gets cool. So if you if you need tamales, hit me up and I'll, I'll get you some. Yes, sir. Shout out to the best tamales this side of the Rio Grande. Uh, uh, that's right. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's jump into it, man. Um, I feel like we're talking about moms and, uh, mm-hmm. and and abuelas, like they, you know, stereotypically, my mom, and, well, my grandma in particular, mm-hmm. she loves her novelas, right? She has to watch her stories. Yeah. Um, and with Netflix now, it's like immediately there, so mm-hmm. she can watch any novela, at any streaming service. So it's mm-hmm. like, how do you get her away from this? We don't know. We have you have you, uh, have you sure like have you uh, brought Pantaya to her that app? Oh man, no, dude, <laughs> I will not wait until she finds out of Pantaya and it's like another level. Grandma, I hope you're not watching this episode. <laughs> uh, but I feel like novelas uh, to my abuelita is what Champions League football, football in general, is to us, bro. Like it's right. really, it's really hard to not spend the entire damn weekend watching every single game possible yeah. and the games that happened or not just weekends also during the week the games that happened this week were incredible and we're going to start with champions league uh Villarreal versus liverpool second leg or first leg uh liverpool won comfortably two to zero, two to zero. in anfield mm-hmm. and uh they they held a pretty pretty strong Pretty strong game. Uh, Villarreal tried their best to defend, defend, mm-hmm. defend, defend, and uh, their their coach um, Emery, Umay mm-hmm. Emery, he's a fantastic coach. He's taken his team, mm-hmm. he's taken his teams through many uh, Europa uh, Europa leagues mm-hmm. uh, to their championships. So he knows how to play these types of tournaments. Mm-hmm. Going to the second leg back in Villarreal, and I don't know if you guys know this, but Villarreal is a tiny, tiny little town. It's like 50,000 right. people. Mm-hmm. So this was like a true Cinderella story. The fact that Villarreal made it to here and mm-hmm. before this knocked out Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. this is a real team, a real contender. You may not know they're starting 11, their trajectory, but man, those mo- those guys can fucking play. Mm-hmm. And they came out with it in the second leg. Immediately in minute three, uh, uh, I forget the name of the forward, but he scored a goal. Gerard for the, Moreno, I think. Ger- Ger- no, I think it's Dia. Yeah, okay. yeah. He scored the first goal um, for the Yellow Submarine, and then I think right before the the half ended, I think they scored another goal. So it was two zero. Right. And the 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 um, global the el, el, el marcador global was yeah. tied at that point. Villarreal was playing Liverpool toe for toe. Yeah. Which was impressive, and we were giving our our man uh, Joe Gomez a lot of shit in the uh, on the on the Instagram groups. Mm. <laughs> uh, but he had the last laugh at the end because, as we know, yeah. uh, they stormed back and um, came back with a goal from uh, Luis Diaz, uh, Mane, and um, uh, Fernandinho. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great comeback! And really, the lesson learned for me from that from that game is that you can be a good team, you can compete with the best, mm-hmm. but if you don't have a good goalkeeper, you're not yeah. going to win a tournament. Because the first goal was uh, un tunnel. Por la cocina. Yeah. That's second, second goal, yeah. igual. Yeah. Hey, take that goalie's leg shut, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Stoop could have, you know. 
fuck, dude. <laughs> Stu's got enough to worry about with his <laughs> with his uh, uh, knee. But oh, dude. Yeah, man. Like, really, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame that that Villarreal couldn't have a better goalkeeper. Yeah. But on the other hand, uh, Emerson for Liverpool was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and kudos to Liverpool. They look a lot more composed, a lot more ready mm-hmm. for the final. Um, and totally different team from 2018. I don't know if you remember 2018 when they got to the final against Real Madrid, but they, they were lost. they were destroying their uh, like opponents. Like mm-hmm. they had they played that rock and roll style football, mm-hmm. very 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 attack minded, very forward, kind of like a little bit out of control, like a big machine. Now they're more mature. They know how to come back from behind, and uh, you know they have added resources to themselves. Like a player like Luis Diaz, a Colombian guy. Mm-hmm. That has been an amazing addition to uh, Liverpool Football Club. That's what I heard. Um, heard. Like I heard a lot of a lot of the, you know, the good that Liverpool has done this season is because of the work of Luis Diaz. Um, and another thing that I, I think Liverpool is, yeah, they they're, they're a money a team that does have money, but they they've learned how to manage their roster well. Um, and a lot of the the players, if you look at it, they're they're not like superstars compared to the past, uh, sorry, or compared to other teams in in Europe. Like, I mean, now they are, but whenever those players were signed, Salah was, you know, coming out of Roma. Um, you would see Firmino, was, you know, he was benched sometimes in in the forward. They they had the loss of Coutinho, so everybody thought their their star player was gone. Saido Mane came in; he was just a good player, but no one really knew like what he was capable of until club literally took all these players and made them like and had them work and push them to like their fullest potential. And they keep on racing their own bar every season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's good, and they still have players like Henderson, um, Milner. That they're 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 still key to to them. They're they're still doing something incredible for them. I know Milner is already like in his mid thirties, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, to continue to have an impact coming in, then that shows the trust that the coach has for you at your age. Um, now with Villarreal, I want to say is it's not the first time they they play a semifinal Champions League. They did the same in two thousand sixteen against Arsenal. Uh that game that that you know that team had Riquelme, Sorin and Villarreal is known for always giving the run to those big teams. Like, yeah. Like every time every time Real Madrid is about to, you know, like they're like tied with with you know for the La Liga and they play Villarreal, it, it's like that's for them that's their kryptonite, I would say, because just that stadium right there, there has so much meaning, can do a lot of impact. El Estadio de la Ceramica. De la Ceramica, yeah. Yeah, so. cre- credit to the fans, man. I think uh, the biggest takeaway, not only is the, the heart and the spirit of Villarreal, the amazing tournament they gave, but just the fans, man. The fans, like, follow their team with the passion and visited Anfield with the passion and stay cheering to even after, the ga- after both games ended. Um, it's the type of fans that, um, type of supporters that, that clubs aspire to have, you know, mm-hmm. and that 
we're kind of blessed in a way to have something similar here with Austin FC. But, you know, we're talking right now world stage, Champions League. Yeah. And you could tell that uh, everybody is savoring every moment um, of this. And, mm-hmm. and it's, 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 a, it's a year they'll never forget. Yeah, and, and I mean, they're going to get some money, you know, so they're going to mm-hmm. be able to buy some players. Um, in case some of the players that are actually doing well go to another big team. Right. But I, I'm glad, like, that that was a game that, you know, it was worth watching for a Champions League. Yeah, for sure, man. And we always talk about this Spanish versus English uh, rivalry, like, or, you know, out of the top flight leagues, which one is the highest right now? Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of talk about the English Premier League being top top dog right, right now with the best players and best coaches. But these Spanish teams have given these English teams a run for their money, mm-hmm. man. You're talking about the two best teams in England, some consider the world, and these Spanish teams that people might not even put them in their top five right. are going toe for toe. So there's something to be said about La Liga. Like You can't underestimate the quality of players and the quality of teams there. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, Liverpool, uh, one player we didn't mention was Thiago Silva. Uh, Thiago Silva has been an incredible player to watch. I, he is a very um, different type of player. He's not your, your standard English-style, premier-style mm-hmm. player. He's very technical, very composed. His passes, his uh, percentage of passes completes is off the charts. The way he touches the ball, his technique, he seems to always kind of be a step ahead with his first touch. Um, it's something that is is incredible to watch because he's one of those players that plays at a different level. Mm-hmm. Uh, for his team, so I'm glad to see English teams uh, getting these types of players that maybe don't seem mm-hmm. uh, English style, like um, like Thiago Silva and, and, and Luis Diaz. Yeah. Like these these kind of fl- fl- these players que le dan otro sabor al yeah. fútbol. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's good to see that because for me, as you talking about Diego Alcantara. Sorry, your, sorry, yeah. Diego Alcantara. Uh, Diego Silva, I'm like, that's a, I think my that's bad. PSG. No, you're good. My bad. Uh, and I was actually thinking like, wait, I know there's a Thiago, but. <laughs> my mistake. Yeah, I know. Di- Diego Alcantara. <laughs> uh, no, but it, I, I like I like what Liverpool has done. Um, even Arsenal did it to some point where they they would play a, a bit different than the vertical, you know, pelotazo que dan in Inglaterra. So it, it's. I'm I'm glad and and I mean they've had they've always had players that kind of have the same style. If you look at Xavi Alonso, would do the same yeah. back in the days. Yeah, um, Coutinho in his time. So yeah, Coutinho. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that that uh, it's 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 worth it's it's always for me. It's every like I'm not a fan of Liverpool, but I do appreciate their work um, because the way they 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 play, the way they. The, say reno, say, renuevan, yeah, you know, and, and then like or renuevas or te mueres, and I think with them is they've known how to to stay afloat with the and especially a lot of players from their own like academies too, for sure, and and a, a lot of credit to Jurgen Klopp and his team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an incredible incredible coach that I think any team would love to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the passion that he gives to each game and his players and the way he speaks to the press and the media. Mm-hmm. Very open, very honest, and uh, very true to himself. So uh, kudos to him, man. Um, I don't know. I think that kind of wraps up the uh, Villarreal Liverpool. Do you have anything else you want to say before we move on to the main course? The, man. <laughs> Bef- before we go to the main course, let me just... This is what they did at the Bernabeu yesterday. 
I'm not a I'm not a Real Madrid fan, and I don't you know I don't ever wish they win. But <laughs> God damn, just how they clapped for Ronaldinho in 2016 uh, after he scored three on them. Like you gotta give it to them. They that team is just the way I I didn't actually didn't watch the the game until they scored because I was I had like a meeting and I was preparing for the meeting the whole day, so I didn't get to watch it until. They scored us two goals and they they tied the game. Just think about their the, the trajectory of their uh, tournament. They, mm-hmm. The way that they knocked out PSG, yeah, right. the way that they knocked out Chelsea, and the way that they came back from a what seemed to be an unstoppable Man City mm-hmm. is incredible. I think <clears throat> this tournament that Real Madrid has done can go in the history books of like one of the greatest runs of all time. Um, not necessarily for its like utter dominance, because um, it's more for their ability to to pull uh, results in in the most improbable times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that that has made incredible drama. We were talking about earlier about with my abuelita loving her novelas. Well, this is this is our novela. This is the greatest novela of all time. Yeah. It's just twenty two guys in in in, uh, in 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 polyester shorts and, and shirts and running mm-hmm. out there and g- giving it their all. You know what I mean? So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I think um, I think what we saw was was historic. Uh, Benzema and Luka Modric at a combined age of seventy years old. That's that's crazy. And why do you, how do you think they've lasted that long? Man, it could be they're taking advantage of the resources they have. Mm. Their their mindset is different than probably players in the past. Mm-hmm. Um. They have passion for for what they do, and that's that's the most important thing. You can tell they enjoy it. So, yeah, I, I think for sure they they have a different passion, type of passion for the mm-hmm. club more than than their own lives. You know, like maybe, yeah, of course they value their lives, but the type of heart that they show the club is is insane. I think Modric in particular has is very clever mm-hmm. the way he runs now because in the midfield you got to run a lot, right? But he doesn't. He's not a horse out there. He's not running like a like a madman. He runs. Mm-hmm. He pick, He picks the right moments to make runs, the right moments to do tackles, and not only that, but Real Madrid this season have had a, uh, a a Liga where they had enough buffer to kind of give these older players a little bit of rest mm-hmm. in between, which is good. Uh, when you look at the other side of the coin, Man City, who who um, has been at the top for a while, but Liverpool's mm-hmm. on their heels. So they don't have that much luxury to kind of rest their players, and their squad isn't that deep. Mm-hmm. The other thing to think about is maybe what we considered um, old uh, before to players is not necessarily old now. We used to consider thirties, yeah. uh, you know, after thirty-two old. Yeah. But sports science and nutrition and just the fact that when these players at these institutions go to train they have testing done to them through their blood and saliva where they can tell them all right this is what you need to eat this is what you need to drink and this is how you need to train today that type of level of sophistication and detail mm-hmm. is something that maybe 10 years ago definitely 20 15 years ago we didn't have mm-hmm. so you're able to see players like modric uh benzema and ronaldo um do perform at such a high high caliber such in such late years mm-hmm. 
one thing that that I, I I like about Real Madrid is another team just like Liverpool. A lot of the players come from La Cantera. Yeah, and I think when you have players from La Cantera and you're doing something good, that shows how much dedication you're putting to your own organiza organization. You're bringing your, bring your own players. And you save money by doing that because you don't have to buy a contract. Uh, you don't have to pay another team a contract or, you know, you don't have to wait till like they, you know, their, their contract expired to come to, to, to the team. So they, I mean, they're a lot of times they're in question because they're like, man, are they playing good? They're not playing good, but they know how to show up in those moments, like in the Champions League moments. They do, and unfortunately, uh, Pep Guardiola has to live with that that this legacy of not being able to win a Champions without Messi, mm -hmm. um, and it's tough because you look at Man City and the type of tournament that they've done and the way that they play, dude. It's a system. It's very choreographed. Mm -hmm. It's very um, uh, intense. It's almost like an engineered uh, football. Mm -hmm. It's like they they do they have a mentality of playing a system of playing mm -hmm. where like. You could tell Pep is really moving moving the pieces and does repetitions and repetitions with his team so they know exactly what to do at the exact time of whatever during the game. But it's it, it, it almost, uh, in this case, it, it seemed like it was going to get him through the final. Mm -hmm. And it always does. The way that they were playing, the way that they felt like they were so superior. Mm -hmm. But when you're playing a team like Real Madrid that is almost like the opposite side of the coin, mm -hmm. Um, there was a, a Uruguayan writer named uh, Eduardo Galeano mm -hmm. who um, used to describe this type of football called uh, heroic football. Mm -hmm. And basically what that was is it's, it's a little bit improvised. So instead of a, a system, he, it's allowing the freedom so that true football genius can, can really express themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an artistic take. So, so what I see in Real Madrid is is more the artistic side. Mm -hmm. Like, we're gonna trust that our players, line for line, are better, mm -hmm. and we're better at playing football, even if they have a better system than us. Mm -hmm. A lot of people thought Man City was through, especially uh, before before the games actually were played. But mm -hmm. if you look at them line for line, player for player. Maybe Real Madrid has a little bit of an edge. Maybe it's more even than we think. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they have players like Benzema, like Vinicius, like um, Rodrigo that came through in those big moments. And not to mention, uh, can't forget to mention Courtois. Mm -hmm. He had yeah, incredible stops. saves. Yeah, And the defensive line of Madrid, they, they came through in that second leg with um, some saves off the line. Um, overall... Uh, Real Madrid has the heart and the mentality of they have the championship mentality. Even right. if they're down, they they find a way to come through. So you got to respect that. I I'm not a I'm not a Madrid fan. Um, I'm actually a, a pretty big Barcelona fan. Yeah. So these are words that I say without without any uh, uh, jealousy. I I'm actually happy because yeah. you know football wins at the end of the day. That's and that's that's my whole thing too. What, what we're like, witnessing, with what, happened what we're witnessing is, is history right now. Madrid's having an amazing time. Yeah. Dude. Fuck it. Celebrate it. Enjoy it. This mm -hmm. is beautiful to watch. It hurts. Barcelona's not playing at this competitive level. Right. But you know, football it's phases, man. It comes in and out. And, and I think like the the final is gonna be 
played by two teams that are there. Sometimes they're not the favorite to win. Every every year, you always hear people say, oh, it's going to be Manchester City, Chelsea, PSG, um, Munich, going like Bayern Munich taking the champions. But you rarely hear Real Madrid until like now. Liverpool sometimes. But this this hopefully, 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 this is a good final. That's going to be just out of, you know, like you said, that, you know, something that could be improvised sometimes can allow the players to be to be more of the geniuses in the field with what they know and how to use every space available. Because, I mean, if you look at, like you were saying, Modric and Benzema, those two players know how to, know where to play, know where to move, you know, where to stand and how to make a pass in, in a crucial moment like this. They also have just huge, uh, for lack of better words, just like big balls, dude, like the, the where was like yeah. the fact that Benzema missing two penalties decides to kick up Anenka in a semifinal. It reminded it's me like, of a little bit of Zidane's uh, 2006 yeah. penalty against Italy. Like at what stage um, to 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 do something like that so audacious? You know what I yeah. mean? Um, the zero effects. It's <laughs> crazy, man. And the, the the height that it got was incredible. Yeah. It, was, it, it was crazy, but. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention was uh, uh, Carlo Ancelotti is an incredible um, coach. Yeah, you know, there's always like that the battle of the coaches, Pep versus Ancelotti. I think Pep did the best he could, but I, honestly, I think his players let him down at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, because he he had the whole system down. But Carlo Ancelotti, you have to look at the other side. He's great at managing his players. He's mm-hmm. great at coming in and adapting to everything. He comes from that. Italian uh, college or like Italian school of coaching that has made great coaches mm-hmm. like um, um, was Antonio Conte and Allegri from Juventus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this university of football uh, that that teaches them how to adapt to the mm-hmm. to the game, not necessarily to play one style. It's like there's many styles to mm-hmm. play. So when he was coaching Everton, he played one style, and now he's he's coaching Real Madrid. He's, he's going to adapt to that, mm-hmm. but he's very laid back. And he's aware and able to get along with big egos. Real Madrid has big egos to deal with. Yeah. Uh, not only as players, but also as direct, uh, directores, uh, Florentino Perez. You know, he's controversial. The, the biggest one of all. He's a big ego. So yeah. he's able to get along with get along with him enough to, to manage the team. And he almost plays with the calmness of like, hey, I know I'm probably going to get fired, but I don't care. Like, it's going to be fine because I'm yeah. going to I'm going to give results, mm-hmm. and you can tell, man. Like the fact that they won La Liga, uh, and with such high margin, and the picture afterwards where he's smoking the cigar with all his players around him. You know what I mean? That, That's that some shows, legendary shit. That shows <laughs> the, the like that just for me is every time I see something like that, like with the players doing like that with the coach. That shows how much. There's goodness in that guy in Ancelotti, like like him. His knowledge is doesn't get in his way to being a human being. Exactly, exactly. And you see him on the sidelines. He's very calm, cool, and collected. A little eyebrow here and there, but um, you could tell, man, that that he knows he knows what the, what the hell he's doing. Like playing Valverde on the right was a big deal. Mm-hmm. 
taking out uh, uh, Modric or I forget if it was Modric or Casimiro and putting in putting in Camavinga. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, Camavinga is Cam- fast. Camavinga Fuck, came dude. through for them, bro. He came through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the 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 players really respond to him, and um, he's he's a tactically skilled coach with with tactically skilled players that mm-hmm. that. Um, are able to come through in big moments and he said to himself it's it's special it's very special not to lose your heads um m- his players he's like my players their shoulders never drop and mm-hmm. their head remains cold i can't say it better yeah. i mean that's that's straight from the from ancelotti's mouth right there that's that's some gold right there that's some golden words right there that encourages every player <laughs> that you that plays under you I uh, I cannot wait for this final. Uh, Liverpool get their chance at redemption. Yeah, right. You have Salah. I'm sure Salah cannot wait for this final, man, because he's not going to play a World Cup. Mm-hmm. He got injured the last final he played mm-hmm. with the uh, shit housery from from uh, Sergio Ramos mm-hmm. messing up his arm, falling on him. Um. So I'm sure he's itching to score. I'm I'm sure he's itching to make an impact, and the whole team is just ready to go. Now, now their final is going to be the first final for Real Madrid without Ramos and Ronaldo. I don't That's, think it matters. I mean, no, no. I'm saying like like it it doesn't matter. But then uh, there's another it's a like different page, different page. Yeah, that shows you. that that uh, Real Madrid has moved forward without them two. Yeah. Um, and the pl- new players that come in, like Cava Can- Canavinga, I mean, he's he, like yesterday's run for I think it was the second or third goal. It was it was like insane because he he did a thirty yard sprint with the ball. He us he saw the space and he took it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cre- credit to that entire Madrid team. I was really impressed. Um, man, dude, you just got to take off your hat and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this final, Richie? Who do you think is going to take it? Man, I honestly don't care as long as there's free beer. Either, <laughs> you know, I'm always down to go to watch parties as long as there's free beer. So, Joe Gomez. <laughs> now, I, I want, I, I think, I think um, Liverpool's going to take it. As much as Real Madrid did well, I don't want them to win. So, 2-1 to one, Liverpool. I, it's, it's not that I want one to win and one to lose. But just based on the type of tournament it's been, I'm going to say uh, Real Madrid finds a way because mm-hmm. they've proved, you know how to do they've proved this wrong yeah. again and again and again. So That's true. I think they got the luck of a champion. I think they got the heart of a champion. Um, and I think that each time that they can come back like this, it just makes them stay calm during the uh, difficult moments in a, in a game. So, that's my prediction. Let's see, May twenty eighth at the Stade the Park, uh, Stade de France in Paris. Stade de France in Paris. That's gonna be good. Are you gonna go? Yeah, man, buy my flight. Vete, ahí me mandas un, me traes una una camisa. Just put it on the tab of otra, por favor. Yeah, put it on the tab of otra, por favor. <laughs> sponsored by Shots with Richie. <laughs> if you need a photo shoot, yes. <laughs> Email shots hey, with at gmail.com. <laughs> plug, plug your shit, man. There plug you go. Shit. Spe- um, speaking of, uh, of, shit. of plug and shit, God damn, let's talk about uh, let's, that, talk, let's talk about the last Austin FC fixture against Houston. 
FC, uh, Dynamo FC there. This is the Texas, the Texas Derby. What's good? You were there, man. Dude, tell us all about it. I, I got to go. Uh, I was blessed to go. Um, let me pull out some stuff that I, I remember I, I wrote down. And it was, it was a game that from the, be, from the beginning, it was a bunch of expectations. Um, besides the soccer part, there was also the expectation of the fans, you know, because of what happened last time we went to Houston. And, you know, with El Batallon, uh, there's some shit that happened. So there was... Remind it, us what happened. Basically, they, one of the players from La Murga, he was walking to his car by himself, not to his car, to his hotel, after the game, and a lot of shit went down where one of, you know, this one guy from Austin FC, not the team, but like a fan, went to the Batallon side and put a smoke bomb on their hand. So that pissed them off, and then they started shit coming to the other side where, you know, the Los Verdes and La Murga were. And there was a couple of fights there in the stadium. Um, after that, things were heated. Dynamo won 3-0. And this guy is walking to his hotel by himself. And as he's walking by, three Batallon players, they're like, hey, look what we got here. So they jumped the guy. They took his trumpet. And they took a couple of scarves from other people. And they posted on social media. So... A lot of people in Austin, which is understandably, they took it as like, oh, hell no. Nah. And it was it was not like next time they come, we're going to get them. But they were just pissed because they got one of ours. I mean, imagine if you're going or, or we have Chaparro going to the stadium, you know, and someone jumps them. I mean, we're going to be pissed at the person that jumped them. Like, that's not right. No mm. matter, no matter, there should, I mean, I'm against violence in any form of aspect, you know, everything that. Even if we play, sometimes we get heated and we push each other and everything, but it stays in the field. Anything that's past that is always going to, you know, lead to violence and, you know, retaliations and whatnot. So then Houston came here and I think it was October. Austin FC won. And as the Batallon was leaving, there was a bunch of security around there and they were actually trying to run down the stairs to start some shit or run to the other side where Los Verdes was at. So a lot of Los Verdes people came, not Los Verdes, but like a bunch of, you know, well, yes, Los Verdes, but a lot of members of Los Verdes that were mad, they actually showed up right in front of where they were leaving. So there's a lot of shit talking here and there. There's a lot of cops and so nothing happened. It could have been bad if there was no security. So leading to this game, the one game that everybody's focused on from the first, you know, like like from the beginning of the season was just this dynamo game in Houston. The security part, the what's going to happen when we go there, are people going to be safe? What protocols are we going to take uh, when we get there and we leave? Um, so nothing was really decided until I would say Thursday when I had a meeting and Houston finally said, hey, this is what's going to happen. We're going to organize everything so you guys can come in and out and everything. You guys are all in the same place, especially as a supporter section. So uh, the, the, the game happened. Um, when we arrived, they told uh, Austin FC actually paid for a parking lot. So everyone was there, you know, 
like 200, 300 people were there in, in the parking lot. And we all walked in together. And thank you to, to the Houston Dynamo, to the PNC Stadium for being able to create uh, a very well-organized protocol where when we come into the stadium, there's nobody else from the other supporter section come to our side and start start shit. So that's good. Um, a couple of guys here and there showed up and wanted to start mess, but you know, I mean, compared to what it would have happened, that was avoided. Um, so that was the game, you know, before the game. The game starts. We get a first goal against you know us, and Stuber gets injured. It was a half court shot. Golazo. Golazo. I, I think the he breakdown was a, a bad pass from Danny to the back. Yeah. Uh, deflection. Uh, Stuver tried to clear, but it was right to the to the uh, Houston player. The Houston player took a couple of touches and just hit a fucking fire rocket. I, I think uh, Sebastian Ferreira. Sebastian Ferreira. Golazo. He saw it and he's like, all right, he, let's he, do he it. Caught, he caught Stuver uh, mm-hmm. with, with a bad decision off a d- bad decision from Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, very unfortunate, but uh, what was even more unfortunate, kind of adding insult to injury, was the injury yeah. to Stuver. But um, Tarbell was able to come in right and and save the day and actually put a pretty solid performance. Yeah, enough to create a little bit of a stir in 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 some of our fan, uh, some of our supporters, um, fellow supporters, and you know whether they think Tarbell has enough game to compete with Stuver, which. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get into that if we right. don't want to, but I'm just glad that we have the the depth for someone to come in. Yeah, so that's good. I mean, when you have a, a good keeper, good good keeper, um, that's always good. You always want competition. You always want competition yeah, for sure. And, and so a, healthy, and, healthy yeah, competition. Healthy competition, and as a goalies. Right. And speaking of healthy competition, we, I we don't condone violence whatsoever. It's a shame. I'm right. from I'm from Houston. I was born and raised there. I'm embarrassed that these fans is what some people associate with Houston. Mm-hmm. Because when I think of Houston, I think of a city that's diverse and love and, yeah. and just a bunch of people coming together from all places of the world and mm-hmm. living in one place, um, in one city and feeling that that's their own. Mm-hmm. But the violence and like the shit housery, you know, like it gives Houston a bad name and it gives football a bad name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes people associate Houston and soccer with violence, which right. is something that it's we're, not. we're totally against. Right. There's going to be some sh- some shit slung back and forth but that's it's part of the game it's yeah. nothing personal it's nothing like uh enough to react violently so that's a shame what we what we do want with against houston against it, dallas is healthy competition yeah a good game we want our state banter to, but yeah you we, know. We, we want these games to be good like exciting you know and that's mm-hmm. kind of what we got uh for this game dude um so as the game was going on after Houston scored, and it was just they they kept on coming and coming. Austin FC's you know morale was a bit down, but then they started picking it up after you know once they had the ball and they took it away from Houston, they started creating chances in the first half. And I and I was like I was talking to one of the the I think it's Orlando he he works for the team, and we were like dude if Austin scores like before the the first half is over. It's gonna be a different, like completely different game. Second half, Dani Pereira comes out with this beautiful shot. That it, it's just like the way it went in the goal is a little awkward because it was a rebound, you know, from in the, from the goalie. But 
the way he he made the run and how he stepped in and the way he shot it, it was like I think it's the way he can, he contorted his yeah. body. He he adjusted himself in the air just to get the right touch on it. Yeah, which wasn't the greatest touch, but enough enough to get past the keeper. Right, and uh, someone actually snapped snapped an incredible photo of that and. I think it went viral. Someone said, "Put it in the Louvre." Yeah, put it in the Louvre. But uh, I think that guy was in France, and he actually ended up putting it in, like in front of the Mona Lisa. So that was real. That was in Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, that was that was real. Holy shit! Kudos, yeah, that, yeah. Hey, kudos to that guy. Hey, <laughs> hey, Austin FC worldwide, baby. I know, dude. Um, <laughs> I saw it. I'm like, oh shit, that just happened. Like I was, I was, I was looking at it, and I was like, it's Photoshop. I'm like, oh no, no, it's real. I'm like, goddamn. But man, hey, and kudos to Finley for being able to step up uh, during this. Cecilio absence mm-hmm. and give better performances over time. He right. put in that cross to Danny, Danny Pereira for that first goal. Um, if you look at it, like it's Finley, it's Lima playing better. It's um, Gallagher playing a very good left back, giving Komenich, you know, competition. And that brings depth because now you got options. Uh, Hector Jimenez came in. I don't know if he came in second half or not. I can't remember. But it's just the team looks very well composed. The players physically, they they are. I mean, you can just see it in the field, like right there and there. They 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 know what they went through last year, and they turned all the shit that happened into stones and build a castle with it, or building a castle with it. Absolutely, they've been able to take advantage of of a of a full off season together and mm-hmm. working the system and. I don't think any player has shown it more maybe than Dani Pereira, you know, being able to be such a young player mm-hmm. to understand the system, to contribute, to be able to win that starting spot. But not only that, to continue to get better over time mm-hmm. uh, with with his, the way he touches the ball, the way he's very sure of it, mature beyond his age. And now to get his historic first goal for the club mm-hmm. is incredible to see. You know, he's well, he, he was our first drafted player. Right. Um that's the type of stuff we want to see. He he's kind of like our hometown boy, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? More or less, you know, he's Venezuelan, of course, but Austin FC man is is in his blood. Like he, his his blood is verde, so mm-hmm. it's awesome to see that in um and to see such a good form that that we're having after that um, little bit of a speed bump we had in San Antonio. Right, um, Drusi, you know, just keeps on coming through with his game. Oh yeah, he finally got he he also got again on the. Uh, Best player, I of think best month. player of the month. Yeah. Nice. First time voted best time, player of the yeah. month. Yeah, but that goal was beautiful. Uh, oh, yeah. After the goal went off, it was the stadium was just all Los Verdes and La Murga. <laughs> like, it was just, you know, nothing but dale, 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 hey, TX. So, they're in good form. They're second place in the Western, and, you know, there's unity among the players and the coach, you know. Uh, actually, Josh Wolf came out and he celebrated with the fans after the game. Yeah, yeah, re- um, really great to see that uh, the top the the head coach coming out and respecting what what the supporter groups do yeah. as a traveling group and acknowledging that uh, their importance and how that that drives the team. So it's cool. It's cool to see that, and I, I love. I don't know who it was. One fan got in his face and was like, "Next time, where are they?" Well, you need to wear a pair today. I was like, "Damn, dude, you could tell that guy was feeling good." He was like, I'm they're, "They're all like, they're they're all lit, man." It was. Um, then everybody was doing for UFC was there too because uh, you know Trevor. Shout out to Trevor. He he actually got COVID, so he couldn't travel. But he, Foyo was there, and that Foyo was like having the day of his 
life because everybody's doing shots from his mouth. Boros is not a person. It's a, a little, it, it's our it, unofficial it's, mascot. Right. Unofficial, <laughs> official. Um, just, so, just so you don't think people was taking shots off of people's mouth. <laughs> Dude, so it's a plastic chicken. It's a plastic chicken. A, a, a green plastic chicken. And you see people pour tequila like under, and a little, you know, I would say a two ounce enough to where you can do a shot that you see people just go. Uh, I don't know, like, hopefully nobody got COVID after that. Oh, God. But <laughs> don't, don't even want to think about that. But um, um, that's crazy. I'm happy I'm happy that the that the road trip was amazing yeah. and that y'all had a great experience and everybody was safe and there wasn't any any uh, any violence or any threat of violence for the most part. There was there was a, there was was one instance, but it was avoided very quick. People yeah. reacted quick, so which is good. Um, right, right. And hopefully from our side, whenever someone comes, they come. Like, we, we know how to behave as well, you know? For uh, sure. It goes both ways. Respect, it goes both ways. Respect and, and, you know, ability to be good hosts goes both ways. So we got to continue to do that for all the visiting opponents that come as well. Yeah, we're going to talk shit. We're going to, like, scream this and that. But at the end of the day, after the 90 minutes is done, you know, I'd love to have a beer with any supporter. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's always good. Um, and, and speaking of, you know, like having beers and everything that happens, there's times that we enjoy moments and we enjoy this moment as a team and supporters, but the, the, I would say Austin FC is also going through a very, very touchy subject. Um, and that's Cecilia Dominguez. Uh, he's reinstated after suspension from, for domestic abuse. Um, I don't know the exact details. Um, it it's a. Uh, I know the first instance that happened was in 2016, and they're saying that it was the second one that happened around this time. I think when we have these type of situations, the first thing that comes to my mind is everyone loses. Um, you're you're gonna have people that pick sides. You're going to have people that get into it because some people are going to defend a player and some people are going to go making sure he knows that he did wrong, which if there's uh, uh, anything that resembles domestic abuse or violence, that is wrong. There's no black or white. That's a wrong thing to do. Um, it's having a negative impact in, in a lot of people, especially a lot of people that maybe have faced this type of situation and they're going through either a mental or uh, emotional distress. So, for me, is do you think or what do you what do you think, Koke? Um, because lo, the supporter groups, Los Verdes and Austin Anthem, already came out with statements. Uh, pretty much, they were both released this morning, and they were pretty much not okay with him playing in the, in the team. Well, I think. Sport, men's sports in general has a, a, a level of machismo mm -hmm. that kind of go, goes into um, kind of the boys will be boys, the, the protect the players at all costs. Um, mm -hmm. Let's look past um, any type of slip-ups that they might have historically. And you look at other sports, I mean, we were talking about Houston not too long ago, like um, their, their quarterback um, went through their own scandals. Um, I'm blanking on the quarterback's name, but... Um, J Jackson, mm -hmm. um, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Sorry, okay. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he he went through his own scandals mm -hmm. with with um, you know allegations of 
of uh, sexual abuse to, to, to masseuse, massage people that get massages and stuff like, and Houston mm-hmm. Texan fans were at like, a lot of them were protecting him and saying that he should still be the quarterback and this and that, you know, eventually they, uh, I believe they parted ways, but mm-hmm. you look at many instances of sports where they protect their star players or they protect their assets. You know, these mm-hmm. are, these are assets. Players are assets to a team. Right. But I think the MLS is different. I, no, I think Austin FC is different in the fact that um, the values we have as a culture are more powerful than the values that the assets have mm-hmm. for us as as supporters. So the fact that um, uh, the the team hasn't the official uh, word hasn't been as transparent. We don't know what's going on. It, um, and and they just reinstated him back in the club. I think they there was like a cl- clause there about getting some counseling, mm-hmm. something some ongoing counseling. Uh, I think they're trying to do trying to make some steps to kind of ease him back in, mm-hmm. and maybe kind of see how things go. Mm-hmm. But it creates a wedge in the supporters. People, are, I think we should all stand up against violence. Right. We were talking about that earlier. And these these players are representative of, of us in a way. So how can we say that y'all means all if one of our players has shown uh, a, a pattern of, of abuse and violence mm-hmm. towards women? How could we have how could we have our women's back um, and still support this player? Those are the questions that we got to ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the fact that um, Anthem and, and um, Los Verdes um, came out with strong statements denouncing uh, any acts of violence and saying that they won't support Cecilio, I think was an important step, mm-hmm. difficult step uh, for a club, a young club like Austin FC, but a necessary one if we wanted to continue to be true to our values. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, and on, and on, you mentioned earlier uh, off, off camera and you said that this this places up i would say uh so in the future you you're gonna know where the team the, where the supporters stand mm-hmm. in the case we ever get someone bigger than cecilio dominguez you know we get someone that got maybe got away with a lot of shit whatever they were at like here that one that won't slide um you're say they're they're setting a was a precedent or what's what's that word yeah they're setting a precedent precedent yes. yeah so that's that's good um even 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 before there's an actual final uh decision what the team does with with the player I, I think that the players have to know that at the end of the day no matter how much money no matter how much power no matter how much influence or no matter how they are well known or not there's certain lines you cannot cross mm-hmm. and that cross that line of Domestic abuse, domestic violence, in any form, that should not be. Um, I don't know if Cecilio used his uh, position as a leverage, and you know, against his partner in the form of you know, like what Mexico in Mexico we call it machismo. Um, that's what I was. I was listening to to just uh, like glimpses glimpses of of like what it is in Paraguay, and they're like say. Is Cecilio, what did he do or what did he say? Is is first of all, they wanted to know if if his partner was okay or his former partner is okay. 
And if if Cecilia didn't come with with a, a mentality of you're here because of me and because of me, like I'm, you're pretty much you're depending on me and everything that I have. And if I if, if you know if we're done, you're not gonna be able to to live your life because you're depending only on me. So that's a way to show leverage. Uh, I hope that's not the case. Um, and, and I hope everything does get clear. At the end of the day, I, I think Austin FC, for me, they they could have been a little more clear in some aspects. Um, I know I know other teams tend to protect their players when this situation happens. Austin FC didn't do that automatically. They actually, the, re- the statement was released by the MLS Mm-hmm. Which they're the ones in charge of everything that mm-hmm. comes to soccer in America, so they maybe maybe it's it's good how the MLS is set up because there's a protocol they will have to follow, like stay quiet and don't release anything until we're done with further investigations or until everything's clarified. But as we said, regardless of this anything, like I hope I really really hope that you know that there's a learning lesson. Um, and I and I hope that the the best is always going to be for for Cecilio's partner and his son at the end of the day, because just as Cecilio is going to be affected in the pitch whether he plays or not, the ones that are also going through this because of what could have happened is, are his uh, girlfriend or ex girlfriend and his son. Like I I don't know what is going on through the mind of I don't know how old Cecilio's kid is, but what's going on through his mind seeing everybody talk about his dad in a negative way because maybe his dad did, did something or not. I don't know how that's going to affect him in the future mentally. Um, and, and for me, I, I really hope that, that they are able to find help if they need help. They were, they were able to get the right counseling if, if Cecilia needs it. I'm also a, a firm believer of second chances. Um, I, I grew up with the word redemption mm-hmm. and I believe redemption is you know it's it should be for everyone um some instances I don't think people deserve redemption but that's another story however I, I hope Cecilio can learn from this understand that that you have to be careful yeah not only that but um it can't just be words it has to be, it has to be actions that, and, and it has to come from everybody, from us as fans, um, supporting and, and, and backing up uh, our vulnerable, you know, anybody that's vulnerable, mm-hmm. or in this case, or the w- women in our lives and, and w- women out there, just supporting them and, and, and showing that through the actions that we're willing to speak up and, and, and stand up for something that we know is wrong and not mm-hmm. just fall back to the easy route of be like, well, there was no crime committed or there was no this and that. And from Cecilio's side, if he truly wants to get his spot back, mm-hmm. there has to be some significant action on his behalf, mm-hmm. showing um, showing that that he's turning a page and and um, trying to learn and grow mm-hmm. from this and move in the right direction. I don't know what that what the answer is. I don't know. I don't know what that could be, mm-hmm. but it can't just be getting back to work. Because he has clearly lost the support of of many people, right. and unfortunately, he's also 
competing with a, a decent player. We were talking about Finley earlier. Mm-hmm. He's playing well. Mm-hmm. So why would a club want to just stir the pot, maybe create some locker room division? Hopefully not, but right. why would it, why would they want to do that? I don't know. Right. But it seems like the players, for the most part, well, well, the ones on social media have kind of backed Cecilio a little bit or are happy or like liked one of his photos. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that means. I'm just speculating here, but hopefully um, – Hopefully Austin can get past this uh, mm-hmm. kind of dark, dark chapter mm-hmm. and and continue to, to to give good results. Um, we have a big game ahead of us uh, against LA Galaxy on Mother's Day. We both won't be here. <laughs> we both won't be here, but we'll be watching the game on we'll, TV for sure. We'll we'll be giving our take. Um, yeah, man. I I I, uh, I hope this this Cecilio part. Does, so far, the players haven't really been affected on the pitch, which is good because, yes, this is going on, but not all the players are involved in this. It's just one player. So hopefully everything goes well on, on Sunday. And if people want to speak their mind out, that's fine. That's fine. But it also has to be out of respect. Right. That's for sure. Respect respect people's what people are going to say. It's, sometimes it's not going to be what you want to hear, but – Man, we can only understand to our capacity of things. We can only express ourselves to our capacity of things. And that's something that we see in so many things in our lives when it comes to, like, politics and controversial topics. Uh, the lack of respect on both sides where you can kind of just immediately throw someone in the garbage just because mm-hmm. they have, like, a bad take. Um, and, and you kind of lose the dialogue um, between that that can happen to try to understand each other. And I know there's some things that are that are – kind of really ignorant and hard to hear. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, man. I think we have to look at ourselves um, in the mirror and, and, and know that the only way we can move forward is if we work, you know, work together. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I hate to uh, close out the Austin FC topic with that. So I'm just going to say that I hope that they they uh, they kick LA Galaxy's ass, dude. They got Chicharito coming in. He's not as hot as he was at the beginning of the season, yeah. but he's still the little P. He knows how to show up. Yeah. Um, but we have we have our own guns. We have Drusi, MVP. We got Let's go. Ruti. Ruti. We got, he's scoring. Um, we yeah. also have Finney. We have Danny Pereira. Pereira, El Gallo. You know, he got it. Uh, actually, that's a, that's the other Gallo. Because the first Gallo for us was nah, nah. Nick Lima. <laughs> <laughs> and Lord Rodney Redes. And Lord ah. Rodney Redes. Man, that dude is... Send him back. <laughs> I'm, 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 and there's one player that I'm like, dude, you have not done shit. It's Rodney Reyes. Come on, um, man. Do something. Do something like anything, dude. I, like, I, I'm like, at this point, I'm like, are you doing it on purpose, bro? Yeah. Um, But yeah, man. What's the score? Sunday. Uh, I think Austin S- FC takes it 3-1. to 3-1? to one. I'll say 2-1. to 2-1. to one. Um, Chicharito's going to score. I do think mm-hmm. he's going to come through. I... Uh, I, I, I do, but they also know that Drus is going to score two or, you know, he's going to score one. And then, Drus, you know, the goals are going to be between Iruti and, and, um, este, Drusi. And, uh, my dear friend, este, Cascante, you know, he's going to get his big, fat, beautiful head on it. Uh, hey, you know, but wait until <laughs> I'm like there. Don't score. Just go, wait till the 22nd. <laughs> So, you know, we can, I've been working out, so I'm waiting for that moment. <laughs> um, 
Speaking of moments, and and another thing that we we are now going through is mental ment. How do you say it? Mental health mental awareness. health awareness month. Um, that's May. Um, there's there, there's a cool thing. La Murga did. They they posted a a picture of you know a video of, of one of the members speaking of depression and, and anxiety. So, in the past, that would be deemed as as wrong, and that would be deemed as as you're crazy. You know, how can you say you're sad or you know you're an- anxious or you're depressed or stressed? Which actually turned out that is you know. The one common, those three right there are what causes a lot of problems in our country or in the world now. Um, can you share a difficult moment like you have faced or you're currently facing, in which you know you're going through uh, mental health um, stress or anything that's mes- messing up with your psyche? Yeah, for sure. For me, it was definitely a. Uh... My final year of college, man, I wasn't going too well. I was I was not performing academically, um, not doing well in studio. Um, I was I went to design school here at UT, and it's difficult uh, when your work starts to uh, suffer there because uh, design school, architecture school, you're constantly in front of a panel and um, presenting your work. So it's very evident when things are crumbling or falling apart. And for me, it was kind of a mixture of uh, that my uh my relationship at the time and and just like knowing that um at this time when i'm supposed to be making that next step into into a career mm-hmm. i'm finding myself not able to reach the finish line um and everything kind of crumbling i became really anxious uh very nervous irritable um to the point where i would get like uh just rashes and and just like uh, I wouldn't even want to come out of bed some days. I would just kind of skip classes, and it was tough. It was something that I kept really close close to me, and not a lot of people knew what I was going through. Um, and and I think it goes into to that masculinity topic that we've touched on a few times. Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be a man? And for me at that time, being a man was like, hey, man, you got to deal with this on your own. No one's going to help you. This is your battle. Like. Mm-hmm figure this out and what i thought was the way to go about it was actually the way to continue to destroy uh my path moving forward like my health suffered mm-hmm. uh my my career suffered and i had to take a step back and like uh like push out my 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 degree plan mm-hmm. um and it wasn't until i i spoke to counselors and they after begging me a few times or just suggesting strongly suggesting that i should go take advantage of the resources and, and go get some, some counseling, some therapy sessions um, that I finally listened to their advice. And I went and I sat down and I talked to a professional um, over the course of, you know, uh, you know, eight or 10 times. I don't know how many times it was, but that until I did that, I didn't know what the steps were for me to get better. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was just being kind to yourself and understanding things that I didn't know. I thought it was just about being a hard ass to yourself. So just like understanding that, um, that it's okay. Like it's okay to kind of forgive yourself for your failures and just move on, but just be kind to yourself. If you need that break, take that break. If you need to take that rest, eat that mm-hmm. meal, it's not the end of the world. Do what you got to do to take care of your mental health. For me, it was, um, getting exercise, 
which I wasn't doing at the time, getting exercise, playing soccer, talking to my family and friends, um, and being more open about my situation. So, yeah, man, that that was a, that was a moment in my life that was difficult. I was dealing with with a lot of things, but um, I'm glad I, I I came out on the other side stronger and a little bit more understanding of of um, that this could happen to anyone. Like, it doesn't mean uh, you're you're a weak you're a weak person to ask for help. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're a weak person to be say, hey, I'm I'm going through a tough time, showing that vulnerability. If anything. That only shows that you have the, you have the real strength, the true strength to persevere through the difficult moments in your life, man. So, um, yeah, I'm very thankful that I had the, those counselors and, and uh, family and friends that supported me through uh, my perceived failures. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like a failure is it, it's just an opportunity to 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 succeed again. In, in, at a different moment it's like mm-hmm. one step closer it's not that's not what it is it's just one way that you learn something that is going to help you get to that next step um so yeah man i i i really hope that people you know kind of learn or just understand a little bit more through that uh but yeah man that was a difficult moment that i went through in my life back in uh, 2014 okay and um uh, you you dealt with it by getting counseling yeah Working out, yep. Talking to friends, family, and then eating right, eating right, and taking a break. And playing soccer, taking, taking a, break a break from school. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's good. Because uh, imagine if you would have kept going to school and it, with everything that was going on in your mind, I, it was borderline impossible for me, man. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it it wasn't working. I'm glad. I'm glad you, you got that. Because I mean, just by that, I know. I know. I, I there's one friend that I know that that is constantly keeping up with, with, with his mindfulness and with, with his mental health and physical health is, is you. Uh, not saying that any, any of my friends don't, don't do not do it, but you're the one that is constantly thinking of a way to to help yourself. You're always, but not just like you're helping yourself, but you're also trying to bring something to someone that maybe might need it or not in the future. For sure, man. Um, I, we're, we're, this life is a, is a battle for everybody, man. And, yeah. and if you can help someone out by, by sharing, sharing a book, a video or, or something that, that you're doing, that's helping you. Like for example, meditation has helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading certain things has helped me a lot, but also doing something creative like we're doing, yeah. finding our community outside of our day to day jobs. That's something that I think helps both of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you too, man. You, 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 help me jump on this platform and do something fun and creative and different and meet incredible people and tapping into their infinite uh, inspiration. You know, mm-hmm. we had Daniel Hinojosa yeah, here that was, that was, last week. That, that was, uh, for uh, me, that was a... Uh, dropping, dropping dimes. That, that was an uh, episode that, man, it inspired me, dude, because... If I, you haven't listened to that episode, uh, Daniel Hinojosa, uh, owner and, and founder of Lift ATX, man, you got to check that one out. I was like, I That's think just watch. what I needed, I mean, for, for what I'm doing or what I'm striving to do, it was like, okay, I I, I got it. I, it came in the wrong, and at, at the right, at the right time. Sorry. Yes. Um, That's good, man. I think um, for me, it was, and I've had so many, uh, I, I would say one was, what was the most, I was after, college i um so 
during college, you know, I was living with my parents, and then everything for for the last like the last semester, up to I graduated, I was everything felt like it was going good. It felt like, oh man, it's going great, you know, like I'm I'm doing good in school, and then I had a girlfriend in a, in a, in a like in the past, and then um also about to graduate, so you're motivated by that, so everything you know it's coming out. Great. Barcelona wins their Champions League that year. Um, <laughs> that always helps. That always helps. And I, I used to like watching wrestling a lot. So the Rock even came back that, you know, that Shit. spring. So I was every every form of aspect, I was hyped up about everything, you know. Uh, and then like Don Omar dropped Danza Kuduro, which is a very good <laughs> song. This um, is a this is a, this is a moment in, in Richie's life. Yeah, That's like I'm over here like everything's cool. And Kanye dropped all of the lights with Rihanna and Kid Cudi at that time too. Oh, uh, yeah, that was like the best album of the 2010s. My yeah. beautiful dark and twisted fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Oof. around that time it was it was pretty cool. Um, so everything was great, and I was like, man, it's cool, it's cool. Graduation comes, and then I was in a job where I was not liking it. I I just enjoyed not working there at all so i there was a lot of just bumping heads with my boss and then i was like you know what i need to find my way out of here and then i already have a degree i don't I don't have papers but i already have a degree so i'm gonna go to houston and find a job dude the first job that i found was a week after my graduation um actually two weeks because i we went to for memorial weekend we went to the river in San Marcos, and then my day, like my next day to work was actually that Monday. However, um, they were, it was selling Dynamo tickets. But you're like, oh man, you know, you're going to work for the Dynamo. No, dude. You actually had to go like to every business, door to door, and knock and hand out this pamphlet with like four little, like one of those like papers that are already pre cut and you pull the ticket and each of them costs 20 bucks. So out of those 20, you only get $2. So you had to sell a shit ton in order Damn. for you to make money. And that was it. Like, that was your, there was no, like, sal- there was no base salary. You got pages by commission. What? And That's crazy, man. Dude, I did that for the first month, like for the first week. I only did it for two weeks. And that kicked my ass in every aspect possible. I, I, I knew, I didn't know, like, what I was getting into. I thought it was a marketing job where you go and you go set up a booth and talk about, the dynamo to people no mm-hmm. you actually go out there and sell those tickets that's how bad dynamo doesn't have a good fan base <laughs> because even with that they can fill the stadium not not against the the you know the team but it's against the people that are in charge of it they keep on messing up every every time so that happened and that that is just i was also uh because the job was in houston it was like past almost two miles away from the woodlands. And I used to live in Galveston that time. So I would have to drive. It's a long-ass commute, man. And leave five in the morning so I can get to to that place by seven. Which, I mean, I didn't mind driving. I actually enjoyed the drive because I, I was like, man, I imagine myself, I'm in Houston now. And I'm cool. And I get to the job and I'm like, oh, this sucks. So then I go to my aunt's house and live. And she's very kind. And, you know, she's like, hey, you can stay here as long as you need. I'm like, all right, cool. But... Uh, she's she asked me like one day like how how's the job and I'm like I'm struggling and she's like what are you doing and I was like I'm doing this she's like Ricardo you risk like your other job that you didn't like 
to come to this job that you don't like at all. Like you go, you went from bad to worst. And I'm like, yeah. And then she's like, well, you've been applying. Like yeah, I started applying. I've been applying, but this is the first job that I can get. So I was excited. She's like, now nah, I understand. It's your first time. You're going to get a job. So luckily someone called me um, and I got hired in a, in a, like in a, in a law firm as a bookkeeper and also a paralegal. Like more so just translator for immigration cases. But at the pay was 14 an hour. You had to go move to an apartment close to the Galleria. So that shit was expensive. I mean, I would say in those, in that time when I was in Houston living and working there, that like, like that, that just literally, um, you, you were challenged financially, mentally, because you're on your own. I didn't want to depend on my parents. And I'll go visit my parents. But I would never let them know, like, hey, this is actually, like, one day I stayed with, like, five bucks in my pocket until, like, the next payday. So I went to get a bunch of ramen noodles. And, all right, for two days, this is what we're eating. <laughs> but it's all good. So that happened. And I think I, I after that, I, I, I felt like, you know what? I went to college. I already have my degree. Now I need to do something that, besides, like, this job as a bookkeeper, I need to do something that is going to help me push me in a way like that I've never been pushed before besides um, like working out or playing soccer. So that part has never really been like a thing. Like I hate working out. Like I enjoy it, but I started picking up the guitar mm. and that was like a completely different new world for me. So mm -hmm. that, I mean, that humbled me because I went from like not having any coordination with my hands to actually playing a song in a month Wow! and, and joining a band like three months afterwards. So, uh, it was it was it was one of those things that that um I mean then I started just doing like more church things. So back then for me that was beneficial. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I would say even if people want to go to church and you know I don't agree with church, but if they want to go to church and church is something that helps you, go for it. So in that time that was that was what I you know I ended up doing. It's just like okay, push myself to do something different. So now every time I get out of work, I don't just go home and watch TV, but I'm actually going to go somewhere else and do something that's going to benefit me. So I think that's why I, every time I have one job, I can always do another job and add another like thing here and there. So yeah, man, like, like from that, like that moment was just, it was a hard, hard to break moment for me because if I didn't, I could have gone back and lived with my parents, but I would have been in the same situation. I would have, you know, just gone back to the same job, not experienced Houston the way I experienced it, not experienced living by myself the way I experienced it, not experienced life the way I got to experience it. I, I for sure got a lot of tools and resources that I needed mentally. So when I moved to Austin, I for sure didn't have to think about, like, anything happens here. I'm going back to Galveston, and I'm going to stay here. So, I mean, there's problems that happen every time. But for me, it's like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to deal with it. But I'm also going to deal with it with the people that are around me here. And, you know, like for me, whenever I have a situation, I talk to you guys and, and whatnot. So mm -hmm. I think that's that's what I've done is every time there's something that happens, I always try to find something different to make things work. But hey, man, that's like true to who you are, man. <laughs> you always find something different to make things work. And that's one thing that I've gotten the more I've gotten to know you, just hearing your story, man, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, you started off with the story of 
you uh, go into the recording of 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 your uh, one of your favorite shows at four years old. Yeah. Life hits you with some hard moments in Houston. Yeah. Now you're on this platform, Otra Por Favor. You have this photography thing going on. You got like a thousand projects, <laughs> like at the tip of your fingers. It's just crazy, man. Like it just goes to show you that that uh, that life. People mm-hmm. think life. Sometimes people are like, "Why is it my life like a linear path?" But it's never linear, man. It's always spiral. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, if you're doing the right things and surrounding yourself in the right environments, it's an upward spiral. Yeah, not downward. <laughs> you know, actually, and you're right. I think any time, like anyone that you know that I would say, if I would recommend is. The first thing that you have to look at when it comes up to your mental health is who are you surrounded by? Right. And what are they doing to help you or bring you down? Right. And that's the first the first the first and foremost question you gotta ask yourself. Or if you're surrounded by people or if you don't wanna be surrounded by more than, you know, like what you can handle. Yeah, and a lot of it is just being honest with yourself and, and keeping yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Um for me what has helped me in the past is writing, you know, journaling, mm-hmm. you know, uh, writing the difficult situation I'm in and where I want to be, um, what what's going wrong in my life. And sometimes when you write things out, you, you can kind of see it because when it's all in your head, it's the hardest thing in the world to try to figure out because your head works in a million different ways. But when you talk it out with someone, mm-hmm. when you write it down, and then you can look back at this and go back to this conversation or back to these thoughts, you can see literal progress if you're keeping yourself accountable um and really finding some type of purpose some type of tribe you know we're human beings yeah our nature is to find our tribe yeah what is that it could be for us it could be our the guys we play soccer with Mm -hmm. it could be the guys you do creative stuff with in la murga Mm -hmm. for me it's like you know my project team you know it's just about finding that purpose in your life something that that makes you feel good mm-hmm. that makes you feel like you're being yourself and that you're doing something that you're, that you're proud of mm-hmm. um, those types of things can help you if you're going through uh, anxiety or depression or difficult moments in your life but it, it, it always starts out with just being honest with yourself and um, and seeking help mm-hmm. you know what I mean and wanting to wanting to do it so right definitely I recommend if you if you're going through a tough time and reach out reach out to your loved ones. There's a lot of organizations that are out there um, to help. I think uh, Richie wanted to touch on some of these. Yeah, you know, if if uh, if you're going through any any, uh, you're in a you're in a place where there's abuse, domestic abuse, um, then the National Domestic Violence Hotline is one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three, and I'll put it out there whenever this episode is released. You can also go to Safe Alliance. Um, a Texas Advocacy Project or the Asian Family Support Services of Austin. Um, and if you are reading, like listening to this episode and you need help, let us know and we can try to help you. Don't give us, don't let us know your story, but let yeah. us know like, hey, you need help and we can Co- find someone. Confidentiality, man. Like anyone can reach out to, to either me or Rich here or, or us at the podcast and mm-hmm. We'll try our best to point you in the right direction, you know, something that can help, or even just need someone to to hear you out. Man, we're here. Uh, We got a lot of love for our community here in Austin Um, and just friends and relationships all throughout Texas uh, Mm -hmm. and and that we we truly value people doing great things. 
um, out there, some some guests in the past that have come through this podcast, doing great things out there at a state as well. Um, just know that uh, that Richie and I we're the type of people that are that are open and always willing to help someone out um, as best as we can. You know, that's just the type of people that we are. So, yeah, yeah, and you know, without any further ado, this is another episode of Otra por favor. Otra por favor. Uh, just. Don't forget to to uh, drop a you know comment. Let us know what you think. Also, what what else do you want to hear? Or you have any questions? Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and otra por favor. And our website is otraporfavor.com. And uh, see you guys there. And to all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day and enjoy your weekend. And feliz día de las madres el 10 de mayo. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Se cuidan y adiós. Esto es otra, por favor. This is.